And I feel like a lot of those those roads there, it feels busy and congested. And I mean, I you know, I'm not a local, so maybe I don't know, you know, don't know the cool routes. Um, but yeah, you didn't feel the spirit, dude, when you were there. <laughs> the spirit of gravel. What is up, party people? Lots of ramblings on the show this week as Dylan, Scott, and I all catch up a bit on the latest happenings in our own life before getting into some of the racing topics and listener questions. Speaking of listener questions, if you have any burning desire to submit a question for the show, drop us a note at bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram. And if you're listening to this episode and it still says Thursday, February 16th, then that means you're part of the exclusive early release club and we thank you for your continued support on Patreon. If that's not you, well, we still appreciate you tuning in to our weekly ramblings of who knows what. Probably tires or gravel or something else that annoys Scott to the point of tuning out. All right, all right, let's get this Bonk Rose party started. So do you have your hoods cocked in or you're not, they're not cocked in? Um, so when I... When I was running arrow bars, I definitely did not have my hoods cocked in because I. All right, we start. We start recording like in the middle of this conversation. For those who are, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. For those who are just jumping in, which is literally everyone, we're talking about hoods turned in versus hoods straight. Um, all right, so if you have so because you know hoods turned in is like the new thing. Like a bunch of pros are doing hoods turned in, and we're talking about whether or not that is more or less ha- aerodynamic than just having your hoods in a normal straight-on position. And what I told Scott was that if if you have your hoods turned in, it's more frontal area being presented to the wind, and it's actually less aerodynamic if you're just riding in a normal position. And also, if you're standing up, if you're sitting up straight, you could potentially have your elbows flared out more too. Depends on the person. That being said, if you're doing an arrow hoods position where you're in the hoods, but your elbows are bent at a 90 degree angle, then you could theoretically have your arms narrower than if they were in a normal, uh, if, if they were in the normal hoods position. So you could get your, you could get your arms narrower and that could theoretically make it more aerodynamic. So, so essentially, have you, seen, have you seen that guy who like, I think, I think someone sent it to us and then I sent it to you guys on Instagram. But there's a dude who like basically has an an arrow like a TT position by turning mm-hmm. his hoods in so much that like they're almost like yeah I want dude I want to give this guy I want to give this guy a shout out hold on uh, what is that guy's name again I followed him <laughs> did you he sent I, he I, sent me he sent me fruit before and I feel bad that fruit? I forget his... <laughs> like like yeah like actual produce I think it yeah I think he's. Uh... I, I don't know. I don't know what his relation to the fruit company is. I'm going to mess it up. What kind of um, fruit was it? Is that because you're a vegan and then like apparently nobody else eats fruit except for vegans? <laughs> no, he, no, he sent fruit. He sent fruit to other people too. What? Dude, I want to get some fruit. <laughs> oh, his, it's a uh, rain Rhoda cycling spirit on Instagram. Okay. Dude, so hey, we'll get this guy to sponsor the podcast, but dude, just give it fruit. All right. So, for those who are watching right now, look at look at this picture of Rain Rota riding. Dude, yeah, it's a TT position. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so his bars. Most people are probably listening to this, but but if you look up Rain Rota on Instagram, his bars are so insanely narrow, and they're and he's got his hoods cocked in. So, Dude, like, and he's got like a hundred and fifty mil stem on there, at least. Yeah, it's really long and. And he's got like some great hair, dude. Look at that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking he's about. Like, honestly, he's pretty. He's a pretty good looking dude. <laughs> All right, so now um, I know how it things. <laughs> so yeah, wait, Miami what's his name, fruit, actually? fruit from fruit from Miami fruit. He sent me fruit before. What, what is his? What is? How do you spell it? Miami fruit. So his his Instagram is Cycling Spirit, and his name oh. is Rain Rota. Cycling Spirit. Yeah, he lives in Florida. Oh I'm yeah, okay. Sure. And dude, and he wears like an an arrow helmet just for riding his uh, riding does his this, road, does or he race? Dude, bike. I mean, like this dude seems like he could be legit if he like does he actually yeah, race? He, yeah, he races. 
I, he, oh, okay. he, I think he was at Gravel Locos last year. Really? Yeah. His bike looks um, sick. That custom paint job. Yeah, I know. Dude, yeah, and he's got a, he's got a suspension fork on there too. Yeah, that's probably not very arrow. This dude's, yeah. but no, but I mean he's making up for it. Yeah, dude, this Miami fruit onto something. Legit. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm looking good at fruit. Miami fruit too. All right, so you think anyway, he like he he works for that or he owns that or something? I'll be honest, I sponsored? really don't. I I really don't know, but um, I'll give him a follow. Hmm. Yeah, dude, <laughs> twenty three thousand yeah. followers, dude. He's like he's like almost Wait. up to your status. The guy or the fruit company? The guy. The guy. Oh, oh you're following the fruit company? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, they yeah, have 479,000 followers. Miami fruit? now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Wow. So that guy, that guy is definitely taking that position to the extreme. But, um... So basically, it's like, if you ride in an arrow hoods position, you could theoretically get more arrow by doing turn in hoods. But then for every other position, like drops, normal hoods position, whatever, uh, you're probably going to be less aerodynamic. So it's, you know, I don't know. It's a trade off. It's just right? like the arrow bars where like they when they're on and you're not in them. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. So what I was going to say is, is as far as what I do. And I've experimented with that, with turning the hoods in. Um, if I have arrow bars on my bike, I don't turn the hoods in because if I want to get super aerodynamic, I just get in the arrow bars. Um, but I think I'm, I'm, I've been playing a lot around a lot with my cockpit setup on my gravel bike because I know I'm not going to be able to use arrow bars for unbound. Um, and I've experimented with tur- turning the hoods in a lot. I've experimented with putting some sort of padding on the middle bars section um so i don't know we'll see what i actually end up doing but yeah dude yeah i feel like no one knows about this guy <laughs> well clearly twenty three thousand people do so i know but like only four of my friends follow him what's going on with that anyways yeah he's, um he's, i'm sure he's big in florida so when when you were at the tunnel you guys like twisted your your, your oh no, setup. no that's that's what Scott that's was asked. That's what's uh, he's like. Did you test? Did you test hoods turned in versus hoods not turned in? We didn't test that. Uh, it would have been interesting Scott, to test. I think I would test. Scott, are you a hoods turned in kind of guy? No, no. <laughs> Why? But no. Is is I, there like a, a legal limit not, to how much you can turn them in? I don't think there is. I saw some really gnarly hoods turned in pictures from one of the races backwards. this year. Put it on backwards. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll bet you the UCI makes a rule about that soon if it gets too crazy, but there was like one TT race from earlier this year where uh, like it, at the world tour level where they weren't allowed to use TT bikes, they were just using road bikes. And there were some crazy pictures from that one where it's like the hoods were practically like 90 degrees in, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I don't know what TT that was from. It's like, is there a minimum width bar you can use? Yeah, there is now. What's okay. the minimum width? I think it's I think it's thirty five centimeters, but it's outside to outside. Oh, okay. I think so. I think so it's could you the have point too? So you could have like flared drops. Flared out. Like, yeah, you could have thirty five thirty five drops and then like twenty five hoods. Yeah, I don't know if that would be better though. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> I think it, I think it depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that'd be better for sprinting or climbing. But if you're trying to do, if you're like a solo breakaway rider, then it might be better if you can get into a really aero position on those. I guess, but to like get in the breakaway, you got to be able to sprint and climb. <laughs> so. Yeah, there was a guy. Uh, I think he won one of the classics a couple years ago, who had like 36 mil bars, and it just looked insane. Yeah. I'm a, I I use 38s on my gravel bike. I think that Factor has you do 30. Yeah, wow. I think Factor has 36s available. I might ask him if I can try those. Hmm. So yeah, it was, it was. Um. So I mean, I guess it's it's only a bummer for for you, but I was going to say it's kind of a bummer that Factor just released their like integrated aero bar cockpit, and you can't even use it. I mean, I used it all last year. Well, I know, but they also didn't the only race year. like you know. I just can't use it for unbound and I guess the other lifetime Grand Prix races, but you know, I can still use it for like gravel locos. They allow it. Yeah, dude. Gravel locos made this post. They actually made a post about how they are allowing arrow bars. Uh, it was funny. It was like, 
they're like, you can run arrow bars and you can wheelie and you can <laughs> do a bunny hop or something, <laughs> which I thought the, I thought the post was hilarious. I, I, I feel like it was like, I feel like it was poking fun at the fact that the, there's all these like rules and regulations around gravel now. Um, and, and the, the race promoters just like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so but yeah. So let me let me ask you this. So uh BWR AZ is coming up in like two weeks. Yeah. Um I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of these like races that hold out on releasing the course until like the day of. Like it's just mm-hmm. why? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. What? But anyway, like they no, they won't they won't tell you the course. Like they won't even give you like the GPS file until like the night before or something, I guess. Shouldn't they tell you the course like when you sign up so you know what you're signing up for? You sign up and it says like it'll be approximately 130 miles, and that's yeah, all. They give you they give you like rough est. I don't know. They I think they don't want people pre riding some of this stuff. Why? Yeah. Do, how do you know what like bike to even bring or like, what right? That's like, what I'm, that's what I'm asking Dylan here. Point. So so it's it's 122 miles. They said, and it's 10,000 feet of climbing, and it's going to be 50 percent road, 50 percent off road, but there's going to be like a good. Like half of the off-road stuff is is single track. Yeah, it's classic BWR. <laughs> yeah, classic BWR uh, where you're just on the wrong bike the whole time. So, what do you think, gravel bike or or hardtail? Um, fifty percent road is a lot, man. Hardtail is hardtails a yeah hardtail. Yeah, is but a, ten, so think about this though: ten thousand feet of climbing. So that also means ten thousand feet of descending. Yeah, I so I've never ridden any of the like for example, if you were asking me about the BWR North Carolina course or the other BWR courses cuz I've ridden them, but particularly the North Carolina course cuz I ride that one like weekly. Uh I'd be able to tell you, you know, without a doubt run this bike or run that bike, but I've never mm-hmm. ridden any of the BWR Arizona course. So I don't know how technical the single track is. I don't know how yeah. technical the descending is. I don't know how crucial the road sections are. It's very hard to say. I would uh, with fifty percent road. Uh, this is so. This is what I. This is what I learned when I did BWR Michigan, and a hardtail mountain bike was so much of an advantage for the sand sections and the single track sections at Michigan. And then the, for the road sections, it was obviously a huge disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I. I I I don't know if I would go that route to be honest with you. Just go with the the gravel bike. I would I would go with the gravel bike and probably put the widest tires that you can fit on. Yeah, so so that was the other thing. They recommend a minimum of 40 mil tires. In my gravel bike only I can squeeze 42s in it. Mhm. So, well, squeeze 42s in it. Yep. I I ordered some of those 47 mil specialized pathfinders. And I'm gonna see like if I if it if it'll clear. I don't think it will, but dude, I, five I, millimeters, dude. I know. Dude, I got a lot of I got a lot of people I got a lot of people DMing me that uh the forty seven uh Pathfinders are back in stock. <laughs> now they're 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 gone though. All right, they're already sold out. They're already sold out. I bought them all so that nobody else can <laughs> I'm dude. I I was like I was like on the website and I was gonna buy some forty twos and forty sevens because they were both in stock. And like while I was trying to add the forty sevens to my cart, the forty twos ran out. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a really good gravel tire, and the fact that they're doing forty sevens now, yeah, I mean that. That's not yeah, surprising. I've I've got some like narrower rims that I'm gonna put the 47s on and see if maybe they blow up to like 45 and mm-hmm. maybe then it'll fit. I don't know. They're pretty true to size on my rims. I think they measured 47. So how wide are your rims? Uh, 25 millimeter internal width. Yeah, mine are like 19. Oof, that might get a little sketchy with a 47 millimeter tire. <laughs> no, nah, dude, it's fine. Why is that sketchy? Dude, think think about a mountain bike tire compared to a 25 internal. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess back in the day they did run narrower mountain bike tires too. Dude, yeah, they used to run like like you know or narrower mountain bike rims. Two two five tires on like sixteen internal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess it's, it's not very aero, but it's it's gravel. Sure, it's not going to be aero anyways. Yeah. Do we? Oh, dude, I have another update for you. Um, I'm going to build a 
drop bar mountain bike. Oh, sweet. Pretty stoked nice. on it. Yeah. It's going to be a piece, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> what frame are you using? It's a specialized chisel frame. So it's like their, that is. it's like their aluminum hardtail. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like thought about converting my hardtail to a drop bar, but one, it's the only mountain bike I own right now. So I don't want to like not have a mountain bike. Um, but two, I'm kind of afraid to like fly with it to, to Africa and potentially have like the frame crack or something. You're going to Africa? Yeah. In June, there's like a gravel stage race out there. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, but they like talk about how like, like it's super rugged transit to like get to the, like the location where like the race starts and stuff. And I just like, don't want my S works frame to crack. Cause it's like so thin. So mm. I'm going to build kind of a burly drop our mountain bike for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's actually for something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, just building this for like fun. I was like, no, no, no dude, I don't, I don't got those kind of funds <laughs> to do that for fun. <laughs> That's why it's going to be a piece. Yeah. All right. So that'd be sick. Sounds actually smart to bring like an aluminum bike to that. Yeah. Yeah. Then if I like get run over by a rhinoceros, it's like probably still going to be fine. Where in Africa? Uh, it's in Kenya, um, and it's it, like the race goes through this like wildlife refuge safari area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you weren't yeah, joking sure. about the rhinoceros? No, they do. They did say that the the areas that we'll be racing in uh, is generally free of lions, <laughs> elephants, and rhinos. Like those are the three animals generally. that like, right. generally, yeah. <laughs> Because because those animals stay closer to I don't know like certain land features or something, um, but there will be wildebeest and giraffes and buffaloes and hyenas and all kinds of other shit. What about a oh. hippo? A hippo will fuck you up, dude. Yeah, hippos are gnarly. I don't know about hippos. I didn't see anything about that. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, yo, Scott, you want to give us an update on your knee? Oh, with my MRI. Yeah. Yeah. Scott was about to talk about this before we started recording. I was like, wait for the podcast. Apparently it's a cyst. Ooh. A bacon. Like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. You've heard of that? Mm-hmm. Can you can you is it in there so you can't see it or you can see the cyst? No, right? I you can't see it. And it's also in like the back of my knee, but the pain's in like the front of my knee. But I think it's just like Yeah. I don't know, like producing too much fluid and then the fluid is like causing the pain. Like mm-hmm. through, you know, on the other side of the knee. Listen yeah, to how so can long they drain it. I don't know. Long, I don't know how long it is. It's one centimeter by one point five centimeters by six centimeters. Whoa! Oh, so it's like a hot dog. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a big cyst. <laughs> At least that's what it said on the MRI. Like I don't know if I believe that. So what? Are, what do they need to do about that? I don't know. I'm not that. I'm not that far into it yet. Okay. Mm. Well, and so you've barely been riding. Yeah. No. Hmm. I did, like in like it like makes it like that irritates the cyst. Like, yeah, exercise. I would think so. Can you walk? Yeah, I can walk. No pain, nothing. Stairs, so what about like nothing. like could you like go do like the rowing machine or something just to get some kind of cardio in? Uh, well, I would think any anything where he's bending rowing. his knee. You know, like, what I mean? honestly, I think running would be better. Mm. Really? Seems like it'd rowing, be the worst. But the the like flexion and running isn't that much. Oh, so you, okay. I think like what if, a, you, what, if you get, what if you get super short cranks? I've thought about that. Yeah, dude, they've got like one thirty fives now. One thirty fives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that Apple Man company uh, makes them. I don't even know what that is. I don't Apple know, some, Man. Yeah, they're like they're like on the forefront of all these short cranks. Oh. I think I'll just get rid of the cyst. Yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. The, that's the good. Goal. That's what you should do. Yeah, I mean, usually they can they can do something to mitigate it or remove it. Um, sometimes you have to just let it play its course, though. So hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, I don't know. How about some? Yeah, maybe they can just stick a needle in there and drain it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are are you? Is is this like through your team doctor, or are you going to like an actual healthcare system there? Uh, this was. Yeah, like an actual healthcare system. Okay. I'm also like communicating with the team doctor, but mm-hmm. he's not here. Like I went to a like a guess it was a hospital to get the MRI, and then they sent to me the report. Was it all in Spanish? 
It was in Catalan. Mm. So you couldn't understand anything they're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. Most people speak English, but yeah, the report was in Catalan. Yeah. Well, we hopefully get that figured out soon. At least it's still early. Early. What do you mean early? In the season. Like, I mean, no, like February is the biggest month in cycling. I know, but you yeah, still dude, like you're resting in months. <laughs> like, there's like four races going on right now. Yeah, yeah there there's are. a lot of there's a lot of racing going on. Can we also talk about how um, not to not to make you feel worse about your situation, Scott? But can we talk about how Americans have been killing it in these early season <laughs> races? Like, um, uh, is it Matteo Jorgensen or Matteo Jorgensen? Yeah. Just just one. What what race did he win? Oman, Oman, yeah. yeah. And then Quinn Simmons won a stage of I dude I should have written some notes down I can't remember what rate that which was stage like a long ass time ago okay but I'm saying two Americans have won when's the last time two Americans had two race wins under their belt by February I have no idea it probably wasn't that long ago <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> but yeah I mean yeah. yeah the the Quinn Simmons win was pretty exciting he like. It was unexpected because you never see somebody attack with like I don't know one kilometer to go or something and actually make it work. Yeah, but that finish like that happened before on that finish. Why? Why that? Because there's like a little kicker. Mm. Okay. Like I think Stebar won the same way once, and then Quinn like saw that, and then I guess he was like, mm. oh, "I'll just do that," and then won. It looked like it was <laughs> on a racetrack. Yeah, it was, and there's there like a little hill, and you like attack on the hill, and then yeah. Mm. Have the speed. So, yeah. Scott, where where's your team at right now? Like, what what races are they doing? Algarve, and they won- they did Oman. Mm. Oh, they were at Oman too. Yeah, yeah, they were at Oman. Mm. How'd they do? Uh, not like super good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. They didn't like win anything. Right. Yeah. Okay. But gotcha. Were Were any of the like like what what races will suit you best? Like as far as like that, that would have like good sprint finishes for you coming up. I have no idea. I haven't even you thought know. about that because I'm just trying to get my knee better. Okay, so there's not like a race I that you like if trying I to get think better about for. What races, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna like rush back into it too fast because I'm gonna get all excited and then like go out <laughs> training super hard and then fuck my knee again. So I'm just like yeah. not even thinking about like racing at all. Yeah, and then that also makes like makes me pissed off, so I can't. What are you thinking about? I don't even know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, dude, that's rough, man. I'd be I and you're like where where are you right now? You're somewhere in Spain. In Girona? Yeah. Dude, Scott, I'll just give you I'll give you the Riverside login and you can just do like daily updates with Scott. Just you. <laughs> just start talking. Yeah. Dude, people would dig it. Yeah. Dude, usually usually it's like it's uh it's like me or Adam like texting the group saying, Hey, like when do you guys want to do the pod this week? But Scott has been like, I have nothing to do. Can we do the podcast already? Well, I've like, and then whenever you have like nothing to do, you like are like less productive for some reason. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) No, when you have, when I have all, when I have all day to do something, I won't do it all day. And then I'll save it for like the last hour of the day. Whereas if I just have an hour to do it, I'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a word, uh, they, procrastination. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, it is procrastination, but they've, they have a word for that. And I can't, what I can't think of it off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I haven't, haven't done anything. Well, doing this, I uh, we have we have some listeners from uh, Denmark that sent me an email about. We were talking about the the Lifetime Grand Prix series, right? And I don't know. <clears throat> hold on, let me pull it oh, up, dude. Scott, all right. What? While you're finding that email, uh, do you have Netflix? Uh, yeah. You should Why watch the What kind of question is know. that? Some people don't have Netflix, man. Some people just watch <laughs> YouTube. Um, you should watch the uh, the the, the uh, golf documentary that just dropped. Yo, I saw something about that. Is it called like Swing or something like full, that? Full Swing, yeah. I think full you'd like swing, it. Yeah. yeah, I'll watch yeah. it. I started watching the tennis one. Oh, there's a tennis one too? Uh, what's it called? Point Break or something, something like that. Hmm. Point Break? Yeah, that, I think that sounds right. 
Yeah. That could be right. Um, now, after Drive cool. to Survive, they just make one out of every sport. Every sport. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. <laughs> every every sport's going to have a Drive to Survive now. Yeah. <laughs> Including gravel racing. All right. So, um, so the uh, – I'm going to mispronounce this guy's name. He sent, he sent me emails about uh, racing in the U.S. Ol Nowak Dolner. <laughs> anyway, so he he's talking about um uh he's like what a podcast entertainment value is sky high but you guys should fact check many of the statements aired in the show about Europe and European cycling especially during the Q&A but entertaining it is indeed. Take the discussion about US National Gravel Championships date. You are totally right that it is not a great place uh, it is not great to place it at the same date as another traditional U.S. gravel race, but then you guys sh- should discuss how Lifetime can place an event the same date as the UCI Gravel World Championships long time after the Worlds was announced. Um, to be honest, I don't really know. Which- <laughs> this is this is kind of proving his point that Americans don't care about international racing, at least at in the at the gravel level. Because I don't even know what race he's talking about that was placed the same day as a lifetime Grand Prix race. Um, I it wasn't any. I mean, unless it's this year, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't last year. I know that because uh, a handful of the lifetime Grand Prix athletes went to do UCI Worlds. Also, and didn't miss any of the lifetime events for that. Yeah. Also, um, kind of the point of this show is that we don't do any research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna um, I'm gonna look up now and see if if maybe Gravel Worlds. Perfect. All right. Um, is, is the like U- a, uh, the U.S. riders are just marginalized oh, by their dude. absence. Yeah, he's talking about this year. Yeah, yeah. So so UCI Gravel Worlds is September 30th. Oh, the same the same day, day as day the Rad. The red, yeah, which they announced the red pretty late. Oh yeah, dude. So so basically, the U.S. Red? is going to have no representation. What's the red? It's a it's it's um, the mystery event for the lifetime series. Yeah. It's in Colorado. It's like a hundred and ten mile gravel race. Yeah. So I mean, no I don't obviously what, not. What's no, that? They, they announced it. They announced it. Though. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's the same day as the worlds. I guess yeah. so. So I don't know if, you know, guys like Keegan or, or Russell or or uh, some of the women like Sophia were planning to go. Sophia went to Gravel Worlds this year, right? Or she last did. year. Yeah. We're planning to go to Gravel Worlds, but that basically means that they're definitely not going to go. Also, Sophia's not U.S., but <laughs> you, you get my point. Well, I mean, Keegan could still go. Like, he doesn't, he's, pr- I mean, if he has a season like last year, he wouldn't need to go to the red. Sure, but he didn't even go last year. And now it's the same day as a lifetime race. Like he's not going to go. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, he said the U.S. riders are just marginalized by their absence. I mean, yeah, as we get pretty bad representation when our fast riders don't even show up. Uh, and the lifetime documentary did not help when the only comment about the victory of Ivar Slick at Unbound was. He was certainly not the strongest out there today. It was not the strongest rider that won the race. <laughs> Which, so granted, oh, that's so, so that's hilarious. I I don't know why I didn't even think. I I think while I was watching it, I was like, I was like, man, why? Did, maybe they should give Ivar some more coverage. But when we were talking about it, I, I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, they didn't know. Ivar is not part of the Grand Prix, but they totally didn't interview him at all. And they didn't, you know, the, I think the only comment about Ivar was from Payson and Payson was like, he's not the strongest rider. Keegan was the strongest rider, but he lost the dude won. <laughs> like who cares who the strongest is? It's not, it's not a competition of who's the strongest. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I agree. Um, well, if you could just do like a power test, 10 hour fucking power test. And then, it would be that. Yeah, I mean, I that. I will I would venture to guess that the highest watts per kilo produced that day was from Keegan, um, but he didn't cross the line first. <laughs> um, Keegan yeah, did I, like I mean, not to talk too much data, but he did like three hundred and twenty normalized for ten hours or more than that. Even I think it was I think it was three hundred six. It could be wrong. Okay, I mean, still. Over 300 watts normalized for 10 hours, and he's like 145 pounds. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Evar is a lot bigger guy than Keegan, so it wouldn't surprise me if he did higher than that. But I bet watts per kilo Keegan was the highest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is kind of crazy that that documentary just compl- and and also I think the so the only other Grand Prix race where a non Grand Prix uh, that had a non Grand Prix winner was at Schwamigan with Sevilla, and I don't remember them. I don't remember them interviewing Sevilla either. Nope. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a documentary about the lifetime grand prix so it's it's sort of understandable but at the same time it's kind of like okay, yeah you know maybe I mean, I th- maybe I do a that's quick interview with the person that won i think that's where it gets confusing like people people who are in the you know gravel scene understand that like the gravel or that the grand prix riders were racing against the general public mm-hmm. but i think for like any outsiders like it's really confusing it's like Okay, yeah. wait. So, so you're, there's these select group of riders who are also competing against these other people, and they could lose to those other people, but still win the race. Like what? <laughs> just it's confusing. Um, so, I think I think they were probably trying to just not bring too much uh, publicity to that. Yeah, makes sense. I, uh, I also think they 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 should have, and we don't have to talk about this too much more. But they they should have they should have gone deeper down the athlete pool and, and interviewed more people instead of just like, yeah, I think, I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the most common criticisms I've seen Mm -hmm. of it so far. Um, so I don't know, maybe they'll do that this, this year. So this, this guy continues and says, Keegan should come out of the RV and participate in the UCI, uh, gravel worlds against the riders that for sure will be invited again this year. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be great to see how Keegan would do at Worlds. Uh, it did seem like Worlds last year was just a kind of a... It basically looked like a classics road race to me. And the on on the, you know, on the women's side, I guess Pauline won, and she's a mountain biker. But on the men's side, it basically just... It, it just looked like a road race, you know? Yeah, it was. <clears throat> I mean, it... it, it, it played out like a road race, but it was different in that, like, I think they tried to use road race tactics, but the road race tactics mm-hmm. weren't directly translated. Um, cause like they were definitely yeah. trying to bring the break back, but I think they just misjudged like the timing of it. Oh, right. Scott's got no wifi. What do they turn it off? In Europe? <laughs> um, he said, there are a lot of other questions that I could comment on, but I will leave it, uh, leave it with this one today. I'm sorry for our ignorance about, European racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Whenever we talk about European racing, it comes across as super ignorant. But that you know, uh, we just don't live in Europe, so we don't know. Um, maybe like a the, few months from now, we'll be better since Scott will have lived there for like six months. Yeah, maybe. Uh, links to the Danish gravel crits, and yes, it is in fact high speed gravel crits done on crazy short and narrow rounds. We have two winter series here in the small country, uh, use Google translate. All right. So basically I remember, remember the, um, remember the listener who I think he said he was training for gravel crits. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they are. Yeah. Okay. Sick. Sounds very, sounds honestly dangerous. Like crits are dangerous enough and then throw loose gravel in there as well. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, do should we get into more? Yeah, more questions. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, so we did a ton of Instagram questions last week. We got a bunch of uh, email questions queued up, so we'll start there. Okay, so this one comes from Seth. He says, "I'm a triathlete, and I'm wondering what I should do. I sold my road bike last year. I'd bought it during COVID, but it never fit me correctly. I rode it with clip-on aero bars through Ironman Texas last year, and then I got rid of it." I'm planning on buying two bikes in the next month or two. The first will be a Cervelo P-Series, which I think is their TT bike. Um, I'm sure about that one, but I'm torn on the next bike, and I wanted some advice on whether I should get a road bike or a gravel bike. Um, between the Cervelo Aspero and the Cervelo Celadonia. Cal- Caledonia? I, I don't know. Something like that. Um, I live in the Houston area, so I'm a little concerned about gearing on the Aspero as it might be too small since it's all flat. I also don't have anywhere nearby to ride gravel, but most of the roads are pretty crappy. 
I have an interest in possibly doing a gravel triathlon, but my understanding is that they are generally easy enough to get done on a road bike. That's not fun. Uh, the, the Caledonia also takes 34 mil road tires. So I'm not sure what size gravel tires, uh, would fit. I'm interested in possibly doing some gravel racing in the future too, but that is secondary to triathlon. Any help would be appreciated. Thanks. Um, uh, yeah, if it's so essentially the question is gravel bike or road bike for this guy. Yeah. So my guess is that the stock gearing, I, I don't have the spec sheet of the a sparrow in front of me, but my guess is that the stock gearing is going to be too light. So if you were to go with the, uh, gravel bike, you're probably going to need to throw bigger chain rings on it. Um, maybe you, know, you might have to switch out the crank, uh, depending on what, you know, what groups that it comes with. So, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of annoying, I guess. Um, cause you know, I, I, I would, I would, and if you live in the Houston area and it's flat, yeah. And, and I'm assuming you're going to want to do group rides with it. I would, I would just know going into purchasing that bike, if that's the route that you go, that you were going to want to switch the gearing out. Um, yeah. So it comes stock with a 4831 crank set. Yeah. Which I mean, 48 tooth chain ring, if it's flat, I mean, you have to really be cooking to spin out like a 4811 to yeah. be honest with you. I, I run a 46 tooth one by on my gravel bike and, and I like, I spin out fairly regularly. Like if I'm, if I'm riding hard or doing intervals or something, um, okay. I don't know that I would spin out that often with a 48 or 50 though. So, but yeah, yeah I, w- I would just throw like a 50, 34 or, you know, 50, 36, like a mid compact on there. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I got then- to ride the Aspero last year for, for a month or so. Cause my bike was broken. So my friend, let me borrow his. Um, and it was honestly awesome. I like really liked that bike. I, I like wanted one really bad after that. It feels like a road bike, like it handles like a road bike. Um, mm-hmm. but it also, you know, handles equally as well as a gravel bike. Like it's kind of a good, it's like a really good a- aggressive gravel race bike. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I would say that if he, if he wasn't planning to do any gravel racing, I would go with the road bike because he said that he doesn't have any gravel to even ride the gravel bike on in mm-hmm. Houston, which it's like, if you don't have any terrain to ride that bike on, I wouldn't buy that bike. But yeah. if, if his plan is to race gravel, like he's got, he's going to travel somewhere and race gravel. I, I think he probably needs to go with the gravel yeah. bike. Also, if you're going to do a gravel triathlon that it says you can do on a road bike, why not do it on a gravel bike and smoke everybody? <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on how rough the gravel is. You know, they could they could pick some, they could pick some very very mild gravel. You guys are talking about a gravel triathlon. How lame could it, the conversation be? <laughs> Scott just jumped back. That's in. literally the lamest thing I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> you think well, you think you think arrow bars are allowed at a gravel triathlon? <sighs> Uh, I, I have to imagine yes. <laughs> um, You're not yeah, quite I mean, lifetime. If you so, if you plan on doing any gravel racing, I think I'd go with the gravel bike. Um, yeah. Also, this guy, this guy seems like he's a real Cervelo fan. Nothing wrong with that. And I don't mean to push my own sponsor on you, but the fact, the factor Ostro gravel is a, it's essentially a road bike. It's essentially the factor Ostro road bike with with more tire clearance. Like if you put road tires on the factor Ostro gravel, essentially you have a road bike and then you can go ahead and put gravel tires on it when you race gravel. Um, I, I think it's I think it's the closest bike on the market that that comes close to road bike performance when you have road bike tires on it. Yeah, I mean. The the Aspero is pretty pretty similar in that they have the Aspero five, which is like their aero frame. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can spring, yeah, if you're going to stick with Aspero, I would spring for the uh, or sorry, if you if you have the money to 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 afford a Cervelo and you're going to stick with that, I would spring for the Aspero five. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty similar to the to the Astro gravel bike, or just get the Factor because that bike looks sick too. Cool. All right, next question. Um, yeah, uh, man, we get a lot of these like cross training questions, cross training. Well, yeah, okay. So, so this, uh, this one says, uh, Hey guys, I'm currently unable to ride my bike because I'm an exchange student in Canada. 
I am here until the end of June, and the only thing I can do here is go to the gym where they don't have a bike. So I was wondering what I should do to not lose all of my fitness. I'm aware of the fact that this season I might not even do any racing, but I don't want to have to start all over again for upcoming years. What would your recommendations be to re- regarding getting a li- little amount of training? Should I focus on training my legs in the gym, or should I mix it up? Uh, he says he goes to the gym four times a week for like 90 minutes. Um, I also might go cross-country skiing some weekends, but nothing too major. I'm not looking to race any ultra-endurance races, but um, mostly two two-hour type races. I know I'm not here to train, but for the but I'm here for the experience, but it still makes me want to go crazy seeing everyone else from my country riding and training, and I'm not able to. Thanks for answering. Um, Dude, I would go wh- cross-country skiing why, as much as you wait, can on the weekends. Why can't he bring his bike with him to Canada? I don't know. He didn't tell us that. Okay. Well, you if you want to maintain your cardiovascular fitness, which is obviously probably the most important factor for cycling, you need to do some sort of cardiovascular exercise. You can't just lift weights in the gym. Um, you've got to yeah. do cross-country skiing or running or swimming or something that's going to work your cardiovascular system. So cross-country skiing is great. Running's great if you can run. Uh, I would probably do a combination of those two. And I guess just use this as your off-season, and hopefully when you get back home in June – you can start building up fitness on the bike and maybe have some, some good late season fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just try and avoid injury at all costs. Like don't, don't run yourself into an injury. And then like when you do get back home in June, you can't ride because you're injured. Watch out for those cysts. Yeah, dude, don't, 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 don't let hot dogs grow in the back of your knee. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the next one, uh, this one comes from Greg. Uh, He says, question, Opinion on using a road-specific bike, for example, a Canyon Ultimate or Giant TCR with 35mm tires for mixed road and gravel, say 60% road, 40% gravel. Uh, Obviously, it depends on the part of the world. I guess a few of the main differences are frame stiffness, wheelbase, and brake rotor size. I never thought I would race gravel, but a friend of mine got me to join the Appalachian Journey with him. So no fucking way I'm buying a gravel bike, <laughs> Greg. Um, so he's not, wait, he's saying he's absolutely not going to buy a gravel bike. I guess. I mean, if you're not going to buy a gravel bike, then it doesn't matter. You've got to run. All right. So if he's, doing, on your road if he's bike. doing Appalachian Journey. Oh, do you know uh, what that is? It's a race. Yeah, it's a, it's like a, it's a team race in, you know, the Appalachia. <laughs> mm. I mean, that gravel, you need a gravel bike for that gravel. I mean, you don't need a gravel bike. You can do it on whatever bike you want, but the optimal bike for that gravel is a gravel bike. It's not a road bike. And it's the optimal tire is not 35 mil tires. The optimal tire is probably 40 plus, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can do it on a, on a road bike with 35s, but it's not going to be optimal. I don't know how much that matters to you because it sounds like you don't really take gravel racing that seriously. And if you're just asking, hey, can I ride gravel on my road bike with 35s? I mean, absolutely. You can ride gravel on a TT bike with 19s. Uh, might not be the most fun, fun thing to do in the world, but, um, you know. Yeah. So, so my answer to that is you can absolutely do it on your road bike with 35s. It's not the optimal setup. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think he's trying to like, I think he's just trying to validate that he can't buy a gravel bike and, or doesn't want to buy a gravel bike, but he still wants to do the Appalachian journey. So yeah, I would say you can. Yeah, for sure. Give it a go. I would, I would run tubeless and bring like 17 tubes with you. Yeah. Make sure whatever tire, you know, whatever tires you throw on that bike are, are super puncture resistant 35s. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Okay. All right. This one comes from Jim. I mean, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So he says, do you think Colin Strickland will be coming back to gravel racing? I love the (laughs) podcast, but enough of tires. Um, yeah, <laughs> dude, I, I feel like we've stopped talking about tires. It's just, we, we start, we talked about tires enough that the people listening to this podcast <laughs> have endless tire questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he's asking if Col- Colin's ever going to come back to gravel racing. So I, 
Mm. You know, I mean, I don't know Colin that well. Like we were, you know, before all everything that went down last year, uh, we were friendly at races. Like we'd say, hi, you know, how's training been going, whatever. Um, I follow him on Instagram. I think his account is private now, but he, he has not been riding hardly at all. Um, and so if I had to, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak for Colin, but if I had to venture a guess, I would say he's not going to come back to racing. He, I think he's probably, he's probably over it. That's just like a, you know, yeah. Um, I think, I think he's maybe getting out every once in a while on the bike just for his own mental health and physical health. But I don't think he, I don't think he's has any intention of like putting in, you know, a lot of training and, and entering a race. Yeah, I've I've no input on that. I don't, yeah. I don't know Colin at all. I'm guessing you neither, Scott. No. <laughs> um, okay. All right, this one he's asking. Okay, uh, from Alex. Hi all. If you could pick one location in the continental U.S. to train or live year round, uh, specifically for road and gravel cycling, where would you choose? I'm curious to hear your answers and why. I figured it would be interesting to hear your thoughts since you all seem to have done a fair bit of traveling for races. It's a good one. It is a good one. Doesn't have anything to do with tires. Um, okay. I think the important part in there was year round, right? It's gotta be, yeah. a, it's gotta be a place in the U S that is, has good riding year round. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. So if you choose a spot in, say, Colorado, Colorado's got amazing riding in the summer and then it's snowy in the winter. It depends on where you are in Colorado, I guess. But um, And then if you choose Tucson, which is like the, I don't know, pro cycling mecca in the winter, it seems like in the U.S., it's going to be terrible in the summer. Like it's so hot, right? Um, is the riding in Tucson even good? Yeah, I went last year. I was, I'll, I'll be honest, I was kind of unimpressed with it. I thought it was going to be amazing yeah, because there's so many pros there. Um, it's just warm. It's just warm, yeah. I mean, I think that's why there's so many pros there. The road riding... Like it, it got hyped up because of Mount Lemon. Like, yeah, Mount, Mount Lemon, Lemon wasn't there. Mount Lemon's not even that great a ride either. I feel like there's so many cars on it. Um, and it's, you know, it's just a climb. And then you... It, I mean, it's a cool <laughs> climb, but it's like... I feel like a lot of those those roads there, it feels busy and congested. And I mean, I, you know, I'm not a local, so maybe I don't know, you know, don't know the cool routes. Um, but yeah, you didn't feel the spirit, dude, when you were there. <laughs> the spirit of gravel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was OK. Also, the weather when we went there was not that great either. It was <laughs> I had to there yesterday. I saw Keegan <laughs> yeah. posted that it was snowing. Mm. I'd go to Brevard, dude. I think Brevard. I think Brevard. Brevard's the best place. I think Brevard, man. Honestly, we haven't had a snow day all year. Like the entire winter, we haven't had any snow. And and like, if it does snow, you can just drive somewhere pretty quickly. It's probably not snowing. Yeah, I'm almost hesitant to say Brevard, North Carolina, because I don't want more people here. Um, but. Yeah, the mountain biking is I amazing. I guarantee all 5,000 of our listeners are not going to move to Brevard. And even <laughs> if they did, 5, you wouldn't notice it. 5,000 people that listen to this shit? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> no way! <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the the mountain biking is amazing with Pisca and DuPont. The, and in Brevard, you can, like, go in any direction. Yeah. Like, there's can, so much... Like, yeah, if places. you start in the town of Brevard, you can go, you can literally go any direction and there's good riding. I mean, you can do a five hour ride and, and once you get outside the town of Brevard, you can do five hours and not cross a stoplight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty um, sick. Yeah. And it's actually like green in the summer. You go anywhere <laughs> in the West, it's like dead. It's like, <laughs> I mean, some people I like that. The, I hate the desert. They're just brown. Everything's brown. Yeah, but then you get to the top of a mountain and there's like amazing views. Yeah, but Brevard yeah. has amazing views. I guess, but you can't really see them for most of the ride. Exactly. The- it makes it better when you get there. Dylan, you yeah. also don't stop ever when you're riding. So, like, why does it matter if there's. I don't know, views? dude. I see a lot of pictures of Dylan stopped on rides on his Strava. <laughs> I tell someone else to, like, take his bike into the woods somewhere and take a picture. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I've been doing a lot of group. I've been doing. I've been riding with people way more this winter than I usually do. To be honest with you, have you changed your group riding? etiquette no you still just do the same bullshit no i stay in zone two and if you want to go harder than zone two that's fine but i'm not gonna you know i'll just stay in zone two and you can drop me (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but i feel like i feel like the group of riders that i ride with they all understand that and they're like cool with riding in zone two it's not it's not a big deal you know unlike when i was trying to ride with the college kids Dude, we would literally we would we would finish a ride and our average speed would be the same it's just that i was doing 220 watts on the uphills downhills and flats and you guys were doing you know 300 on the uphills and then 100 everywhere else <laughs> so you know we can't ride together but we went the same speed <laughs> yeah um yeah. So I'm so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Brevard, North Carolina. If you have to stay if you have to stay in one place year round, I do think that it would be super cool to do what a lot of Colorado pros do, where you live in Colorado for the summer and then you live in Tucson for the winter. I think that'd be that'd be cool too. Yeah, I mean honestly if I if I could do it, I, I would like live in Colorado and then go to like SoCal or something. The writing in SoCal yeah. seems way better than Tucson. I don't I don't know that I'd want to yeah. SoCal looks pretty cool. I don't know that I'd want to now granted I haven't, I haven't spent a lot of time in SoCal. I've spent a little bit of time in SoCal, but the limited riding that I've done there, I don't, I don't know that I'd pick that for a year round spot to be for, for riding. Oh, I think definitely not. No. Well, I, I, it seems, I just wouldn't want to live there year round. Like, well, it just seems like there was so much and the people are, well, we're talking, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about riding. Right. And I think the mountain biking is great, but I think, you know, taking out all the other factors, I just think that there's too much traffic there. Yeah. Now, somebody from California is definitely going to write in and be like, in the town that I live in, this specific area, there's not a lot. Of, okay, all right, I get it. But the the places that I've ridden in SoCal, there's so much traffic and it's very annoying. So, yeah. All right. Should we wrap it? Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. See you guys. See ya.